Hebrews 12.1 says we are surrounded by witnesses and that we should cast off sin and obstacles that keep us from God. We are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is Cross Training. Building your faith to not only carry the cross of Christ, but to get up when you fall and run toward the finish line. Faith-filled business leaders and individuals share their testimony to inspire your journey. Now here's your host for Cross Training, David Anderson. Hello, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training on Catholic Community Media. And we're broadcasting from the beautiful Uptown Studios of Loyola University in the Mike Early Studios. This morning in the studio, we have Miss Terry Marchese. She is a dear friend of mine. We've got to know each other through being parishioners, active parishioners at Holy Name. And you often have heard me talk about movie night uh, every other Friday night. Terry is the person responsible for movie night. And she's an extraordinary woman who is really devout in her faith and her pursuit of her faith, which she has uh, pulled me in and uh, helped me grow. And hopefully uh, we're going to be discussing about developing a script to teach uh, Jesuit meditation, which you'll go into if you don't mind. And without further ado, Miss Terry Marchese, who is a lawyer, a professor, and an overall uh, outstanding woman. Terry? Well, hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, I was born in a, an Italian family, uh, very much uh, aware of my Catholic roots, but not as involved in a Catholic faith community growing up as I became as an adult. So, Like many of us. Yes. And when I became a mother in my early 20s, I knew that it was important to bring my children into a strong faith community, because that was something that I had not experienced growing up. Although I did grow up Catholic and very much aware of my faith, but we did not practice within uh, a vibrant community of faith. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Jefferson Parish. and uh, What parish? It was St. Christopher Parish. And the parish was a fine parish. It's simply that we were not active participants mm-hmm. in the parish. So, when my children were born, literally, when, before they reached uh, four or four years old, I realized I wanted to join a community of faith. And I did not live within the boundaries of Holy Name of Jesus Parish, but I attended Mass there. And I decided that that was where I wanted to grow in faith. Because the Jesuit mission, the Jesuit uh, preaching, teaching, calling, spoke to my heart. And again, that was in my early 20s. So that was about 43 years ago. You've been a member of Holy Name for that long? Yes. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and it started when I was 21. Because by the time I was 21, I had two children. Like my mom did, yeah? Yeah. I was born when she was 21. Yeah, so I was a baby myself. Mm -hmm. and um, But I felt the call to grow closer to the Lord through the Jesuit ministry, through their uh, charisms. And I didn't even know how to explain it. I just felt it. How did you get that connection? You're growing up, you're in Metairie, you're married, uh, St. Christopher, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you look uptown to uh, Audubon Park <laughs> and you go into Holy Name. How did that happen? Well, that's, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, as a child growing up, I didn't go into Orleans Parish very much. Uh, my parents were very protective. Well, I married someone who was a musician. He was in antiques. He bought, bought and sold antiques and lived on Magazine Street. That was before Magazine Street became as popular as it is today. Well, that's where I moved. I remember. At the age of 20. So uh, I'm still in the same house today that I lived in when I moved when I was age 20. Wow. Yeah. And so when I moved there... Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from with regard to active Catholic parishes for families that I could find. Um, the churches are very beautiful, but I wanted a place that had a connection with a school and that was overall um, surround you 
with that love and education and commitment that one needs. And so that's what I did. I mean, of course, I'm, I graduated from Loyola two or three times, so I had a strong connection to the Loyola University. Okay. Yeah. But that didn't happen right, until that later. After, that sure. was later, right. So anyway, um, I went to the 6 p.m. Mass for one of the first times, and um, there was uh, music. And, of course, in, within the Jesuit community, within the Jesuit community, the the ministry is is impelling um, what you hear through the gospel homilies that are preached is Ignatian spirituality, and um, that calls people to service. It speaks to the heart, and it also calls people to get to know one another in faith and to help each other walk closer and get closer to the Lord. And all of these little um, nuances came out through what I heard in the homilies, and that's the place I wanted to be. It's interesting that you know, our, our Catholic umbrella is, is a big umbrella. Oh, yes. And you did something that most people don't ever do, is go to other parishes and see where they feel like they fit in. Right. And it's okay if you drive by two or three other parishes, two right. or three other churches. Absolutely. To get to the place where you feel exactly. comfortable. Exactly. And that's, I didn't know it at the time, but that's what St. Ignatius wants us to do. That's what he teaches that we find the faith community, the people that will help walk us closer and get closer to the Lord. And that's what the Jesuit community here in New Orleans and in South Louisiana has done for me. That's beautiful. And, and we have so, in this umbrella, this big tent that we have, there are all different message, or one message, but it's being taught differently. Uh, some have a lot of different music. Some has very few music. Some people want to hear it in Latin. Some people want to run up and down the aisles with uh, ribbons. We go. We have the whole gamut, and That's it's right. really something for everybody. That's right. Uh, and I have found similar uh, contemplation at Holy Name as well. Yes, and I really enjoy it. And I loved Saint Stephen's. Oh yes, yes. And just like they move priests around and bishops around to keep the the energy vibrant of growing the church. Yes. We should do that too. Yes. That's what we did. We made a decision. Okay, we've been here a long time. I think it was like 12 years. Let's go see something else. That's right. And totally different. I had never been exposed to that Jesuit uh, philosophy of teaching, learning, listening, contemplation. Service, being a part of a community by bringing others closer to the Lord. And that's what you're doing through this program, David. That's exactly what you're doing. Well, And, and, and it, there are other, not just this program, but it happens in small ways. We don't even realize it. But the message takes seed, takes, takes growth within us, and gradually we begin to see ourselves change. And uh, it's all about growing closer to the Lord in three ways. First of all, it's through other people, a, a faith community that you can identify with, that can help you journey closer and closer in relationship to the Lord. And it's different, like you said, for everybody. Everybody is not called to the same community. But you must search until you find that group that will help you walk your journey closer to the Lord. And through that, the second thing, that service, participation. When I joined Holy Name of Jesus Parish 40, what, what is it, um, 43 years ago, <laughs> I, was not, I, knew, I didn't know anyone here. I was not from uptown New Orleans I did not have a family history here. I didn't know anyone. But the people were so loving to me. They welcomed me and invited me to join in ministry. And my first ministry was a Eucharistic minister. And I, Mary Lee Burke, who lived just a couple doors from Loyola University, she helped me. She trained me. She encouraged me. 
And from that, I went to becoming a lector. And then from that, I became, I talked about, um, I helped in other ways until I became a sacristan. And for me, that was my special place, my special service within the body of the church. And so that's something I've done now. Thanks be to God for, for over 30 years. For 30 years? Yes. Yes. Are you the main sacristan? No, or no. Or do you just do one? No, place? right now in my, how do you say, twilight years of my life, I am the assistant. I am a helper. But I'm grateful to be that helper. And again, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training. And we have the very lovely, uh, beautiful, and intellect uh, Terry Marchese with us this morning. And she's telling us about her 42 years of being a member of Holy Name and growing. And she started when she was uh, in her early 20s, 21, and raised a family through the many Gator Fest, I'm sure. Uh, all the way to where we are now, where uh, Terry is, if we had elders in our community, uh, would be an elder uh, in our congregation. Everyone looks up to her and respects Terry a great deal, and she's kind of taken me under her wing at Holy Name, where I've been, I guess, about three or four years, and she's really uh, guided me and introduced me to some things, a Friday night movie, the 545 meditative prayer session, the Ignatius meditative prayer. Uh, my wife is saying, you know, what's going on? They really have your attention <laughs> over there. So they sure do. Uh, and it's a wonderful place to spend on a Friday afternoon and evening. So you were just telling us about your journey. Yes. And I mentioned the three ways that we grow closer or we can actually do that cross-training. And the first is through the faith community, which I mentioned. For me, it was an Ignatian parish, Holy Name of Jesus. For you, it may be something very different. But once you realize that you have found a home, then that will, according to St. Ignatius, and I'm living proof of it, and I know there are many others who are, it calls you into service because that's what we're here for. And it calls us into service within the church and without, outside the church. So that's number two. It's being a part of a faith community. And then we have to step out into some action. Prayer is extremely important. And that's my number three is prayer. And we can, we, I do that. I love it. I love to pray. But we are called to use that prayer that calling out to the Lord, that communication with the Lord, to carry us into relationship with others in bringing them closer to the Lord. And we can do that within the parish and also outside in our workplace. We don't have to always talk about God in order to bring people closer to God. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't. Right. I find it very effective not to. Yes. But what people recognize is love because God is love. And when we show that love to others in our workplace, in, in social occasion, any place, little by little, people begin to see this person's a little different. There's Why? a sense of joy. Yes, there's a sense resonates. of joy. Yes. And it is the joy that supersedes pain because everyone. Or anxiety. Yes. And everyone experiences pain in their life and anxiety. But the joy that we get, that's our gift through our relationship with the Lord. We have touched the cloth. Yes. And that enables us to pass through the difficulties of life. Well said. Yeah. Well it's said. true. And that's when we name the show Cross Training, carrying that, you know, that cross. Jesus yes. fell down three yes. times. And as the Monsignor always said, that's really not the story. The story is that he got up three times. Exactly. So we have this symbol right. that even surpasses the golden orchards of recognition. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, who knows? And I learned this not overnight and not through one experience, but through 
the people within the faith, faith community. Recently, I was, I had the privilege of being with a group of Jesuits who were experiencing a transition in their lives where they were going to have to move to another location because the facility that they were in, uh, care, caretaking facility was, was going to close down. Oh, I remember you talking about going up there. Yes, uh, in Grand Coteau. Mm-hmm. And, um, I watched feeling like a little girl watching these men of prayer accept through resignation and love for the Lord that they were going to surrender to whatever God's will is and say openly within their hearts, you take care of it, Jesus. And that's what I saw. And through that, it helped me to grow closer to the Lord. That's just one little example, but uh, it's very powerful. And that is available for all of us through other people in relationship. So you were a young woman, married early. You had, you had been taking care of your mother, uh, both mentally and physically. Yes. From the time I was five. From the time you were five. And she passed away when I was you were, 37. You were the primary caregiver? Did you, have to, did you get to share that? My brothers and I. I have two brothers, and we, we worked together in caring for our mother. And then as time passed, we did the same for our father. And your husband? Yes, in my case, my husband as well. He became terminally ill um, about uh, 15 years ago. And I took care of him for about two and a half years until he passed away. When did you decide to go to law school? I was, um, let's see, I think it was about 15 years after my children were born, so I was probably about 36 years old. Oh, same, 15 years, my daughter's 15, and yes. my wife's in law school. Yes, and... and uh, so we're a bit older than the latter. But. Yes, and uh, I was a teacher. I, my first teaching job was at Holy Name of Jesus School, and I am so honored. You went to Loyola undergrad? I did. Well, no, I went to UNO undergrad. My first degree was in finance. Oh, my. Yes. And uh, then I became a mother, and in, I realized that I needed to support my family. I did not have a degree in education, and I was a substitute for one of the math classes at Holy Name of Jesus. And uh, the math teacher, who was an excellent math teacher, Jocelyn Halloran. She said to me when the next day, she said, my students know more today than yesterday. She said, would you like a job? And I said, sure, I'd love a job. She said, well, let's, let's see what we can do. And that was the first step for me. I felt like I was home. And that little elementary school educated my son, who went on to become a Georgetown graduate and a lawyer who practices in Washington, D.C. Wow. And my daughter, who became, she got her doctorate in uh, opera performance, started out right here at Loyola, and then went on to the University of Maryland, and now lives in Virginia. So, Holy Name of Jesus has been very good to me. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. When you go up there, what church do you go to? Well, um... Um, I I often go to different churches. St. Matthew's is the one in Washington, D.C., where Kennedy was buried, and they have a noon mass there. So whenever I'm in Washington, D.C., I like to go to that noon mass. I hope you do. Yeah. Uh, that beautiful cathedral up there as well. Uh, so there you are, taking care of your mom. You decided to go to law school before your husband was ill? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I was married 31 years. So I guess this was about, uh, well, my daughter was 15, so it was about 16 years into the marriage. And um, I had wanted to practice law since the time I was young. 
Now you you how are you dealing with the raising a family, taking care of your mother? Were, were you high anxiety at that time? Yes, of course, of course I was, and there were financial problems as well. I must I must say that it is only by the grace of God. That you made it, Jane? Yes. And, as I'm saying, and I'm trying to emphasize the importance of a faith community. Again, this is David Anderson. If you're just joining us, host of Cross Training uh, here on Catholic Community Media, affiliated EWTN, and we have uh, the most eloquent, wonderful woman uh, at holy name, other than my wife, uh, Miss Terry Marchese. Please go right back to me. Well, this program is not long enough to list the difficulties that I... That pain is what we all go through. Yes, I know. At one point in our life. No, and that's where we grow closer to the Lord. I've learned this. Now, I'm not here to say that I would be saying, oh, please, I want to go through it all over again, okay? (laughs) But I have lived to know that it's through those experiences and the people that have stepped into my life to show me the way to get closer to the Lord, those have brought me closer to Him. So it's the faith community that we must surround ourselves with to hold us up during those difficult times. Did you have a spiritual advisor doing that? No, no. But Because I didn't even know what that was. Right now I do. Mm -hmm. I have a wonderful spiritual advisor. But I didn't then. I was just a young girl who knew nothing really about the Jesuit ministries, the Jesuit charisms. Um, now I do. I gr- I've learned. But I knew there was something tugging at my heart that this was a place I wanted to be. And what I know now is that it was that call to serve, that call to love one another that I heard in the homilies. And I saw it in the action of the people. I love a beautiful homily. I know. And it's simple. It's not necessarily something that's complicated, but it has, it's one that touches our hearts and carries us closer to the Lord and to one another. So the faith community, one, service, because it is through that service that we, we, not only grow closer to the Lord, but we experience the joy that comes with it. Preach, preaching. Isn't it? Yes. And the joy is what carries us through. And then the third thing is prayer. And that's really where I am right now, trying, not trying, but I am learning more about prayer and uh, particularly learning more about St. Ignatius and what he experienced in his early life and how the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius are like physical exercises that we must practice and get stronger at. So I, I want our listeners to hear the piece of Terry Mark Casey. She's got the children, she's young, financial problems, which lead to, I mean, it, there's no peace and marital problems, unless you're already way down the line in your faith. Right. And you already know, but y'all weren't there. At that no, point. I was not. Taking care of mom. Right. How is little little Terry <laughs> with, I mean, you think 21 years old, our own children. Yes. Can't even imagine them with children in these, making a mortgage, everything yes. going on. Yes. Everything going on in your life. What, what were you doing in your prayer life? At that time, is that what sustained you? Is that what got you through? Did you have someone telling you, "Hey, Terry, it's going to be okay"? The Jesuit community, really? Yes. And th- they didn't all know my personal life, but they could see the pain. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> it is. It is that call that these men. And women who take on the charism, Ignatian charism, recognize the reaching, let's go out and help another person. 
that's that's what happened to me. I was the recipient of that. I was encouraged to to persevere, to persevere in faith and in prayer. Many of you may know Paul Schott. He was he was like a father to me because he would say, "You could do it, girl." Yeah, it's something that the Jesuits have an advantage. We have probably what twenty Jesuits in this community. Yes, most parishes have one priest. Right. So it's very difficult for members of the community to get that that love and support. Substance. Yes, but it's there, and I know from witnessing the faith communities in other parishes how they surround and celebrate people who need that support. So go. Yes. Go knock on the door. It doesn't Call have to be holy name of Jesus. And you don't have to go particularly to the priest. It's getting involved in the parish community. That involvement will then connect you to other people. Yes. And those other people will recognize yes. your call, that you need support, friendship, um, someone to talk to, spend some time in the Adoration Chapel. There are mm -hmm. all kinds of opportunities, and everyone is different. But it's there, and the Lord, it, it, it's the Lord calling out to us all you the time to draw closer to Him. And, and we, we have that opportunity through our faith communities. We have Terry Marchese with us today, a fellow parishioner, one of the elders of our church and community at Holy Name of Jesus. How many years was that a grueling piece of your life? Well, much more. I started out um, when I became that substitute teacher. I decided I need to get a master's of mathematics. And uh, I came to Loyola for that because I was, that's where I started, Holy Name of Jesus School substitute teacher in mathematics. And I realized mathematics was something that I just took for granted. It, I realized you should never take mathematics for granted because it can be a really good friend. Uh, and I learned mathematics first. Or a crushing enemy. No, it can become a friend once you have someone to introduce you to it in such a way that you begin to understand. You feel blocked. You feel like it's an enemy but it be can become a friend to everyone. I know this. I've taught for over 35 years in mathematics, so I know. But the, the point is, I studied mathematics first, and again, that was through encouragement. The link was Holy Name of Jesus. And then I had, had this nagging desire to become a lawyer. I guess I watched too many Perry Mason shows, and I just I wanted to practice law. I felt like I could, I felt like it would be fun. Favorite restaurant? Oh, my. Um, I would say Bayona's. Really? Yes. Second time today someone's mentioned Bayona's. Although, you know, Commander's is always, you know, that's a special yes. special place. Yeah, Commander's. Is. Yeah. And Galatoire's, very nice. And Can you believe I've been to Galatoire's? Yes, of I'm course. not, of course, you know, I'm, you I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, how do you say, old-time uh, uptown person. But I've learned a great deal from the wonderful uptown people well, that I've gotten to know and love. It is a favorite haunt uh, of the group, for sure. Yes. But Galatoire's, uh, yeah, there are people all around the world yes. that have been there. And it's yes. just, it's a treat. It's there's, wonderful. I would say that there's nothing like Galatoire's on a Friday afternoon in the world. It is a, it is a unique experience that happens every Friday. Holidays are bigger, and Mardi Gras is the biggest, but any Friday is revelry, good times, spectacular eating. You don't get better food. That platter that they come out, that big appetizer platter with the bread underneath mm -hmm. it, and the crab, and the shrimp, mm -hmm. and the oysters. It's oh, naturally New Orleans. It is totally natural. But the revelry of the whole place, can you... There's not a place like that that does that anywhere in the world. I, I don't imagine. think so. Totally unique. Right. Uh, I had somebody tell me just the other day they were going to Galatoire. They were so excited. I know. Week, it's know, wonderful. Uh, my, my brother's a frequent uh, guy over there. I, I had, back when I was a affluent banker, I would make uh, 
the, the, the rib room, kind of my Friday place. Mm-hmm. And occasionally we'd go to Galatron's, but the rib room was more our place. Fawn seats are, you know, a little bit wider, more room, more yes. elbow. They actually even named an appetizer, Anderson's Oyster. Oh, my goodness. That's yes. wonderful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it's still uh, on the register uh, as an item. You can get Anderson's Oysters. Oh, at the rib room. we'll have to look for that. It's just like oysters. I'm indeed really, yes. uh, but uh, with bread under it, mm-hmm. just like a command at uh, Galatoire's. So every conversation that we New Orleanians have has to have something to do with food. What's your favorite thing to cook? Oh well, I'm Italian, you know. So I um, I love to cook uh, Italian foods. I love vegetables and. Um, I think that uh, cooking eggplant. Uh, Liz Creel brought me some homemade, uh, homegrown, farm-grown eggplant the other day. Yes. And, uh, oh, it's wonderful. Wow. Yes. I like it sliced like they do at Clancy's uh-huh. and at uh, uh, Vincent's. Yes. Just It's kind of double-battered with yes. the... Uh, Breadcrumb uh-huh. and flash fries. Yes. That's my favorite way to eat it. Yes, plant. yes. But they also do it on a sliced uh, sliced eggplant with the seafood medallion. Yes, very good. That's pretty awesome. Yes. And you said you were in Sicily in September. I was, and I was delighted. It was the first time I'd ever been to Sicily, and I was a little reluctant about going because I, I'd been to Italy and mainland uh Several times, my daughter was studying opera. She studied there um, for several summers, and I'd go visit her. But we never did go to Sicily. Well, this time, I had an opportunity to go, and it was a wonderful experience because I grew to know, I, I, I learned by witnessing my heritage, just a simple people who live off the land. They're farmers. And um, they're like Irishmen, but with tomato sauce and garlic. Exactly. Exactly right. Well put, you know, and uh, very simple foods. Um, All grown. Yes. Cooked well. That's right. Not from the sea. Mm, yeah. And it's about your family and your faith and your food. Yep. Those are the three things. That's an important thing for all of us. Yeah. That's very New Orleans, isn't it? Yes, and that's why I felt so comfortable in Sicily. Yeah, because Father, Father, one of the Jesuits that I worked with, Hawkins, he told me, he said, Terry, didn't you know that New Orleans had more Italian immigrants than any other place in the United States? I I've didn't know that. that. I've heard that. I thought it was New York. Figured, yes. Yeah, but he said, yeah. And they were mostly Sicilians. Right. Uh, I saw a lot of, very familiar names. Yes, me too. Sicily. Yeah, me too. It was funny. We went to a football game the other night, uh, Holy Cross, Jesuit, and it was funny to hear the names uh-huh. of all the kids that were playing. Oh, like I know. Perez, <laughs> uh, all these names that you have grown up with. I know. Paul Mazzano. Yes. Another name. Yes, uh, Palermo. Uh, you know, and then you heard them back in Italy. That's right. In Sicily. That's right. Trapani. Yes, mm-hmm. and, yeah, running back, Holy Cross, Japan. <laughs> yeah. it's like, That's wonderful. Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah. But at this part of the show, I like to kind of ease into, well, you, did you tell us your favorite thing to cook? I didn't hear I said eggplant. Eggplant? Mm-hmm. Like, not a lasagna? Well, I, lasagna, yes. Meatballs? I love lasagna, cannelloni. yes. Yes. You can do a vegetarian lasagna, which is very good. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. very good. It is. It is good. Mm-hmm. Is that what you you don't eat meat anymore? No, I do, but I try to eat more vegetables. And but you know, regular lasagna is wonderful. It's probably like one of the best things on the planet. It's yes, it is. My son would say so. A really good lasagna. Yes, my son would say so. At our Thanksgiving and Christmas, I normally have some sort of red gravy. Dish, yes. As though I'm Sicilian, <laughs> yeah, I look very That's Sicilian, funny. don't I? I look as Irish <laughs> as they come. Uh, but and and my sister uh, Sue Bush, let me give her, who's an excellent baker. Actually, Liz ordered her 
Terry's birthday cake from my sister. That's wonderful. Yeah, I was excited to see that. But my sister's like, yeah, we're not Sicilian. But, you know, I, growing up in New Orleans, yes, everyone I mean, would grow up eating Sicilian food, whether we're Irish or not. We learned how to, I guess it came back from the Irish Channel. And That's what I love Italians about New Orleans. We have a Irish. mixture of many different cultures. And we become, it's like a beautiful painting. They were all mixed together, the Irish, the Germans, the Italians, the Vietnamese, all different, the Hispanic, and then we're just a culmination of that. Of different cultures that are known for food. Yes. And yes. Our Islano uh, culture influence of the Spanish. Yes. Everything. We, you know, I've traveled a lot of different places. And it's funny, you'd go to Italy. I don't care where you go in Italy, the menu's the same. It just that's so unlike any restaurant I know, here. I know. Uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, I know the same menu everywhere. Yes, uh, you're dying for some Chinese. After, you know, <laughs> after I do like Chinese. <laughs> uh, you're just uh, craving it. So as we um, figured out, you were a young lady. You'd gone through a lot. You'd taken care of your mom for so long, taken care of your husband. You raised your children. Um, so you wanted to get to the law school part. This is very interesting. I was at Holy Name of Jesus Parish Rectory. I was um, volunteering for something. And I said, just passing, I said, I, I would like to go to law school. Well, the pastor says to me, okay, let's go get an application. So he drove me to the law school, and he said, I'm not getting out. You go in, go get your application, and let's go back to the parish center. And I did, and that's where it started. And I ended up at the night school, because Loyola is the only uh, night law school in the area and that's where I went. And I graduated the night school, and I taught during the day. I taught at De La Salle. Yay. I'm a Yay. Catholic. I know. I love De La Salle. And I also taught at Holy Name of Jesus School. So, and then graduated, and I wasn't sure where I would fit in within the legal profession. And this is what I tell young people all the time. The legal profession is fabulous because... It is so versatile. You can use this profession in almost every aspect of life. And I didn't know at the time that I would end up working at a small agency within Catholic Charities called Project Save, who represented adult and children victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Oh, my goodness. If you're just joining us, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training here in Catholic Community Media, and we are talking to Terry Marchese, someone who we can all learn something from. She is a teacher, indeed. So you are at this agency of people who need help very bad. Yes. And, and this a young lawyer. Yes. And uh, this is, I know that I was directed by the Lord to this place because I couldn't get a job anywhere else. I tried, <laughs> okay? And I thought, I thought I would be a fine lawyer, but no one else did. But I went to this agency uh, within Catholic Charities, and um, at the time, I was the only lawyer there. Well, as, as the grace of God would have it, we raised quite a bit of money, and we were able to hire three lawyers. And uh, two of those lawyers are still working for that agency today. And what, do the, what does the agency do? We represent in civil district court in Orleans Parish, or they do, adult and children victim, victims of domestic violence, which is very powerful because individuals, whether you're man or woman, in a domestic violence situation, and especially children, they need the support of the legal system, the civil legal system. And um, 
that is obtained through the court system. To make sure they have the resources to... Right. Use of the home, um, you know, protection, uh, things of that nature. Well... I didn't um, know the archdiocese even had that. Oh, yes. That's what I love about the Catholic Church. We are in the forefront of service everywhere you turn. You know, we've we've had problems, difficulties, challenges, but when it comes to serving the poor... The Catholic Church is going to, is going to be in the forefront and serving those in need. Okay, so get this: we have Katrina, right? Yes. And um, still at the agency, we have our three attorneys serving. The federal government comes after Katrina and says, "We want to help. How can we help?" This is the Justice Department. And I said, we need, we need a family justice center, a center that is going to collaborate the police, the social services, the medical, the DA's office, and the legal system, both criminal and civil, coordinate that around individuals who are victims of violence. Mm. And they said, okay, we'll give you Whatever money you need, it's $2 million to get started, we'll give it to Catholic Charities. And Catholic Charities facilitated that through Project Save, and now there's a Family Justice Center in Orleans Parish today. Is it named the Terry Marchese? No. There are many other people who were very instrumental in in making it happen at the beginning and continue to make it run today. But that was a season in my life, you know, and my service and season in that area is no longer. But I, I cherish those memories, and I'm I, grateful for that. <laughs> I had a great season. I was putting together First in BC Bank. There you go. It was a great season, <laughs> and we did a lot. You know? Uh, ain't there anymore. Right. But the wow. Family Justice Center is, and I'm so thankful for the people who step forward to make it happen and continue to make it happen, for the Catholic Church, for Catholic Charities, who stood up and said, we'll take this and we'll, we'll develop it. And they did. And that's not an easy task. Oh, my just God, Just to say, no. yeah, we'll take the money. Oh, no. Because they have the network, the no, infrastructure. that's right. To account for every penny. That's right. And they do. Of course I have do. to tell you, every T is crossed and I dotted. I witnessed it. We would know about it if it wasn't. And, and the facilitation between all these different agencies is not to be taken for granted either. You have to talk to what? The DA, the police, social services, medical services. You know, uh, these all people have to work together to provide connected services. And because you had gone to law school, you had the intellectual framework to put all those pieces together and make them come together. Yes, and I we see did. my wife studying, and I can tell yeah, you we did. that thought pattern is exactly right. what they're looking at. That's right. And I'm very grateful for that. Wow. I had no idea you were part of that. Yes. I remember the day um, we had the privilege of meeting the uh, Attorney General for the United States, uh, Janet Reno, and also the other guy who followed her, uh, Spanish guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, uh, Alberto. Yes, uh, yes. He came to New Orleans when yeah, we opened I up. Remember when he came to New Orleans. when we opened up the Family Justice Gonzalez? Center. Yes, Alberto that's right. Gonzalez. That's right. And we had meetings with Janet Reno in Washington D.C. when she was uh, Attorney General. I can't remember where I put my sunglasses, but I can remember <laughs> <laughs> those two things. So. Wow. What, what, what were they like? Oh, just, I have learned and I, that people are people wherever you go. And um, people who are um, interested in serving and making this world a better place, uh, generally we can all come to some kind of consensus and understanding and agreement to move forward. Generally, I think you are 100% right. Yeah. Um, hopefully more people recognize that they're willing to achieve the same cause. Exactly. And uh, just because you pray to another God. That's 
we all want the same thing. That's we right. want a better life for our children. Right. And an opportunity to pursue our faith how we want to pursue it. That's right. Not bring home to anyone else. That's right. And we want to attract others, not by the sword, but by joy and love. That's right, because God is love. And calmness. That's right. We'll see in you. That's right. There's a certain calmness, tranquility, love. That's right. And if it, it if you're 20-something years as you are developing, it doesn't come easy. No. To know that you got to step on that water. That's right. And know you're not going to sink. Right. And when you get the chance to touch that cloth, oh, you can feel it. The other night, uh, the Archbishop was at Holy Name. We had a service with all the nuns. There's like a hundred nuns there. It was so cool. And a lot, a lot of different uh, clergy. I think there were 31 different clergies there. Wow. Uh, orders. Mm. So they were representatives from all the orders. And it was, I was at the back of the church and I just looked in the aisle and I was directly center. There was the, the altar, the tabernacle, the crucifix. And I just, I was directly center all the way back. And it was like there was like a long extension cord. Yes. Almost. And the archbishop was holding my arm, like had his hand on my forearm <laughs> as we were t- and I I felt like I was part of an, uh, an electrical cable. Yes. And uh, I mean he has so much love in him and he's so holy. And I just happened to be in the middle of that. And I could feel it. It was really, really wonderful. We yes. pray and we have a lot of faith. And yeah. sometimes, just every, you, you can get that sometimes when you're in adoration. Yes. Or in mass sometimes. Yes. Not, you know, boom, it was, yeah. it was there. I think St. Ignatius calls that illumination. In other words, it's a moment of illumination that you felt the presence of the Lord, totally. whether it's through another person or being in church. And that moment carries us through difficult moments, carries us through when we go outside. And things may not, you know, may, may not have a good day the next day, but you still have a sense of that illumination that you felt at that moment. You're giving me chills. It's true. I didn't know that. that uh... Yeah, it happened to him. I'm learning about him, and I, I encourage everyone to learn about different saints because they all have some message to teach us to learn how to be closer to the Lord. I love the, uh, I've got family members who are, who are not Catholic. And, uh, some of them, you know, how do y'all pray to, you know, St. Gabriel, Mary? That's like a misunderstanding. Them. Yeah. Asking them as you would ask me to pray for you. Yes. I'm asking Jesus' mother to pray for me. Yes. And it's all about Jesus. And I can tell you, his mother's going to have a lot more sway than me. Hmm. So, uh, you know, why wouldn't you right. pray to someone uh, that gave birth to Jesus? Yeah. And it's all about Jesus. They, Mary, Joseph, they all want us to go to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not really about the saints. They just want to help us along the way. Just like our faith community here on earth helps us along the way. They do. It's like if you're a player on a team in college and you know a coach. Yes. In the NFL, you might have a better shot. Yeah. You know, they're going to see you. And uh, mm-hmm. Not that Jesus doesn't see us all. Right. But it doesn't hurt. It just doesn't hurt. The body of Christ, that's, that's, that's what our faith community is. And that's what the people who have gone before us are, who are saints, part of the body of Christ. Again, if you've just joined us, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training, brought to you on Catholic Community Media, an affiliate of EWTN. And we have Terry Marchese in our beautiful uptown studios at Loyola. And uh, just hearing her story is um, it's got to be, if you're just listening, uh, somewhat, uh, you can feel the radiation from her. I guess that's not a good radio, radiation. She radiates 
a very positive energy in person. And I so hope it comes across on the airwaves that uh, how she radiates a sense of inner joy, peace, uh, smarts, and uh, and she's beautiful as well. Oh, my goodness. Which is, which is, <laughs> I'm going to be floating home. Uh, you know, which is really irrelevant in the scheme of things. Yes. Uh, but if you, if you have the blessing of, of your eyes at a certain place in your head and consider it uh, beautiful, you're just that much more blessed. Uh, not that people like me aren't. Everyone is beautiful. But there's Everyone a is. Yes. that I made it to radio and not television. Everyone has beauty <laughs> because we're all created in they the do. image and likeness of God. I agree with that 100%. Oh, yes. Uh, I meet uh, people and you can just tell if someone feels something good about themselves, not in a, not in a flamboyant or um, I'm better than you attitude, right. just they, they have love in them. That's right. You can sense it, and there's something beautiful about that person, regardless of how they look, how they dress. That's right. It radiates. Yes. And uh, I, love, I love encountering people that have that energy of love. Yes. And you can meet them at McDonald's. That's right. Church. That's Loyola, right. Just That's right. anywhere you That's will right. find. If you are open yourself yes. to receiving that, you can pick up someone's vibe and you just feel an instant uh, kind of brotherly love. That's right. With, with folks. That's right. That are akin. And if you scratch a little further and they practice the same religion as you, it is it's it's wonderful. You almost feel where you know where there are two or more. Yes, uh, you feel it instantly. Yes, I remember when my husband was terminally ill. We had to go to the VA hospital in Washington D.C. because there wasn't adequate health care here. And while we were there, again, I didn't. It was a place I didn't know. I didn't know the people, but I found a lot of people who would be willing to just sit and pray with me. And it didn't matter. It didn't really Christian people who who were open to pray, just to pray with you to help you to get through those difficult moments. And I was so grateful for that. People of a peaceful, loving religion can all pray together. Yes, without question. Absolutely. And we will end on that wonderful note. We will say the Hail Mary and we'll say goodbye. Uh, Terry, if you'll lead us in the Hail Mary. Yes, thank you, David. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Cross Training with David Anderson is a production of Catholic Community Media.